And it's so powerful when we have the knowledge to fully understand ourselves. And when we can look back and say, oh my God, I can have compassion for myself because I understand why I'm the way that I am. I think that's the most empowering and the most freeing thing in the world. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Well, guys, we are still recording from my little closet in Austin. And I know the podcast has been a little touch and go lately as I transition into a new workflow and schedule and just getting used to life overall after a big move, a big transition. So I appreciate the patience and everyone who keeps coming back time and time again for more episodes truly just means the most. And, you know, that being said, I love when you guys reach out. I've had some of the kindest messages after that solo episode I did about loneliness and just all that hard shit that comes up in life. So many of you reached out. It just, uh, like we are not alone and in our struggles and in anything. And I think that that's one of the things that this podcast and connecting with you all as a community has taught me the most. Like truly, if you're feeling something, if you're going through something right now, you're not alone, sis. Like there is someone else out there feeling it. I probably am considering how much of a roller coaster, emotional roller coaster I live on. And if I'm not, I'm sure someone else is. Uh, So yeah, that was just like my little gratitude to start off for you all. Uh, Today, we have a very interesting, a very fascinating episode with a repeat guest, a good friend of mine, Hana Siddiqui. And well, get ready for your mind to be blown. We're talking all things astrology, self-growth, empowerment, manifestation, blocks, trauma, conditioning of society, all that fun stuff, right? All the things we want to dive into to really just live our most fullest life, to just get the most out of everything that we can. I mean, when we recorded this episode and then when I edited it back, I just felt so expansive, like so empowered, I suppose, by what Hana discusses and what she shares. And I really hope you guys get the same feeling from it. We do a deep dive into what I like to think of as true astrology. So this isn't like the surface level, what's your sun sign? What's your moon sign? It's more of the deep dive into like the full chart and where to look, what it means to really dive deep into your full astrology chart, into your full, I think it's a natal chart, to get the full picture, right? So I could just tell you guys, and I've told you before, that my, you know, my sun and moon signs are Capricorn Taurus. And then you could, you know, think that you know me, or form a judgment, or do any of those things that we all do to each other. Uh, You know, not intending any harm, it's just an instinct. And that's just not right, though. You know what I mean? Because... In reality, I have all these other sides to me, all these other layers that affect how I interact with the world around me or how the world perceives me. And it's just interesting when you can get a full chart reading or when you can follow the tips, tricks, and advice that Hana shares in this episode to dive deep into your own chart and just figure out some of these like deeper things, which is just fascinating. You know, it's like a little self-exploratory journey. Uh, And in that, you may come across some blocks, uh, trauma, just things that you've never really worked through or that are holding you back from reaching your full potential. So we discuss how to work through those and what some of those have been for me and what some of those have been for Hana. Maybe you can relate in a sense. And so in that, also how to just tap into that intuitive flow. And this is something that a lot of us, you know, we all hear the word intuition. I think think it means something a little bit different to us all as with everything but overall I think it's that thing that we're all sort of searching for right like just living intuitively whether that's with food or movement um, with our bodies 
just with work, money, like whatever it is, we all are striving to get to that point of just trusting, fully trusting and living with our intuition. And so I love this, this conversation on it because we really do discuss how blocks and trauma and things from our past can interfere with fully connecting to that intuition. Kind of like finding the answers within us rather than constantly searching outside of us. So constantly looking for the next book, the next podcast, <laughs> the next movie, the next professional. Like, yes, those are all great additions. But at the end of the day, we need to find, we need to know, we need to believe that we can find at least some of the answers within us. And so overall, I just really hope this episode gives you that sense of empowerment, that sense of like expansive, I can do this mentality and just lights you up, gets you asking some questions. Maybe it picks your curiosity, whatever it is, let us know. We would love to hear. I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels, linked below. And Hannah is on Instagram at The Road to Hannah, linked below as well. And we would just love to hear what you guys thought. You know, are you interested in diving deep into astrology? Because if so, Hannah offers courses, she offers services, and I trust her. Like, I will refer her out to people until I die. Like, I, <laughs> I will not shut up. Like, she's just amazing, guys. So if you're interested, check out her Instagram, learn more, reach out. She is one of the most kind people I've ever met. I just... I adore her. So let us know. Let's connect. And as always, if you guys enjoyed the show, it would mean so much if you could please subscribe. That way it's always popping up in your little library queue, no matter when I'm posting. Uh, and then also, if you could rate and review, I know it's like, it's an extra step. I understand that it's, you know, it's just like annoying. You've got to go here, go that. But I, it just takes like a couple minutes and it means so, so much to a podcaster to have those rates and reviews because it really shows us what we're doing right or wrong and it just helps build that like, that clout. No, <laughs> it helps build that reputation, uh, just sort of like gives, gives something to your name, your brand and helps others find the show. So overall, it would just mean a whole heck of a lot to me if you could do that. Uh, I appreciate you all so much for listening and let's connect find me on Instagram, shoot me a message, let's chat, let's connect, and without further ado, let's begin. Well, awesome. I mean, I'm just so excited to talk today. Obviously, we're already, <laughs> we just, we get, get along so well. Um, so thank you for taking time and yeah. Oh my God. Of course. Thank you for having me on again. I loved our first conversation and I'm just so excited for this one. So I'm stoked. Yeah. Our first conversation was sort of like on all things basic astrology, I feel. Um, I actually need to listen back. That was so long ago. And afterwards, I, I believe it was like after the recording. Yeah. I, uh, I booked a session with you, a reading with you. And it was hands down one of the most like amazing instances. I just, you know, up to that point, I was still a bit skeptical. I just didn't understand how this could all really relay and interwine. And then you gave a full chart reading, you know, not just like the typical things that people see. And I was just shook to my core. Like I was smiling. I was laughing. I was like nearly crying because so many parts of it were so true. And, you know, what stood out to me was that the things you were saying like, unless you were me, they want, you know, like they might not even make sense. And you would say something and it would just hit home so deeply. And that's like when I just knew I was like, this is, this is so real and this is so powerful. And so I guess what I'm trying to get at with this is I'm just curious, like when you do these astrology readings for people, is that like generally the response you get? Like, are people usually kind of taken by surprise with how thorough these like full chart readings are? I think people are. And I had one client recently describe our session together as therapy for the soul. And I thought that was the best way to describe astrology because first off, you want to make sure you have a connection with the astrologer you're working with. And for me, it's always important that I set the foundation that this is a safe space. This is a non-judgmental space. This is a space like you would work in with a therapist, except I'm not a therapist in that regard. I can't solve anyone's problems for them. But yeah, I've definitely found that the reaction to my astrology readings with my clients has always been a mix of 
excitement and awe and a lot of tears sometimes, but also happy tears. Um, and it's just kind of a beautiful experience because the reason I started doing this was I had a reading myself that brought up all those feelings within me. And it's so powerful when we have the knowledge to fully understand ourselves. And when we can look back and say, oh my God, I can have compassion for myself because I understand why I'm the way that I am. I think that's the most empowering and the most freeing thing in the world. And so that's what I really try to give my clients when I'm giving them a reading is that same feeling because I think everyone deserves it. And I think astrology is an amazing tool for tapping into that feeling. It is true. It's one of the best feelings when you, when you can feel that way about yourself and about your own capabilities. And it was something I was going to ask you about a bit later, but I mean, it fits in right here is that I think so often we see in this realm of like personal growth or spirituality, whichever it is like so often, I mean, even with health, right? Like we look outside of ourselves for answers and while sometimes that is what you need to do, um, there's also so much like within us that we already know, or we in, like if we just followed our instinct or our intuition, we could figure out. And yet, so often, like that's the last resort, right? It's like we hit rock bottom. There's nothing else to do. There's nowhere else to look for answers. And then we like find that thing within us. And I think that that's like what you were saying about that empowerment and just sort of like a better understanding of who you are from within, like. I think that's something that's just missing sometimes. I mean, people are finding it more and more nowadays, but it's just such a crucial piece to any sort of like growth journey in a sense. Yeah, it's missing sometimes, but I think a lot of the times the reason why it's missing is because it's blocked by things like trauma and um, pain that hasn't been resolved. And that's something that we can see in the natal chart as well. So Oftentimes I'll have clients, I've had quite a few who have come to me in the reading and said, I am just struggling. I know I need to tap into my intuition. I'm meditating. I'm trying this. I'm trying that. And I know what I need to do, but I just can't do it. And it's always kind of like a delicate dance going into it because you obviously don't want to just say like, oh, I see all of these crazy traumas in your chart, but it's, something that I also feel is important to acknowledge. So I'll kind of bring it up as like a, hey, well, did something happen in your childhood, perhaps around these ages? Or is there something related to your father that you just haven't really dealt with yet? And you can go as into it as you want to. We don't have to go into it. But, you know, I think this, whatever it is, is causing a block from that intuition. And that's the pattern I found is it's all, almost always related to trauma. And you know, I'm not a psychologist. I can't diagnose trauma. I can't diagnose the ways it manifests in the body. But in an astrological perspective, I think a lot of the times that trauma blocks us from tapping into our spiritual power. Because when we access our spiritual power, our intuition, whatever you want to call it, it has to come from a place of true vulnerability and truly being open and trusting and having that ability to just like jump off the metaphorical cliff and just say, I'm just going to follow this. But trauma almost puts up a wall and blocks that. It blocks us from being able to make that jump and make that leap because we have things in us that, you know, make us not want to trust and not want to, you know, go in or go all in. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of why so many people find blocks towards their intuition. And if someone thinks they have like a block of that or, you know, they know they have some trauma in their past and maybe they want to like explore the idea of working, you know, through that in a sense or just finding a way to, I guess I even identify it as a block. Like, are there any practices or things that you would suggest someone do if they're curious about it? Yeah, absolutely. The number one practice I always, always recommend is breath work because Breathwork, unlike any other spiritual modality that I have personally worked with, has this incredible power to bring things up out of you. And I've experienced this firsthand through my own training as a breathwork facilitator. Um, I've experienced just going into a session and having a good day, feeling good, and then all of these 
emotions and feelings that I didn't even know were inside of me were completely brought up and were, you know, illuminated in this process. And I was able to then move forward and heal them. So I think breathwork is such a powerful modality for that really deep inner healing, especially when we're working with any sort of trauma as breathwork can be very, very intense, but can be a very therapeutic spiritual practice. Like, would people be able to do that at home? Or would you suggest like finding a facilitator? I mean, I know my only semi experience with it. Uh, it was at like a, like a, like a retreat thing um, hosted by like almost 30. So it was like all these workshops and they had a breathwork session. Um, and that was like, so, so powerful, like seeing the reactions of everyone around me. But I'm just curious, you know, if someone doesn't have access to that, uh, do you think it's something that they could possibly do at home? Yeah, I think breath work can definitely be done at home. I always recommend because it's such an intense practice that the first time you ever do it, that it's done with a facilitator. So there's facilitators like me and I'm sure many others who do virtual sessions. Um, I know that there's different meditation studios. I teach at one based in San Francisco called Anchor Meditation, and they have weekly breathwork classes that are done via Zoom. So you can do those from, from anywhere. Um, or I have on Instagram, on my IGTV to kind of plug, I have a bunch of pre-recorded breath works that you can follow along with. Um, those are great. However, again, I do recommend working with a facilitator, whether it's a group class or it's a one-on-one -on -one session. Um, and those, again, can be done virtually just because it can be so intense. And breath work can cause a lot of different bodily reactions. You can get shakes. You can get chills. Some people throw up. Some people. Um, have crazy panic attacks sometimes um, just as the res as a result of the really intense breathwork practice. So it's always great to have a facilitator there for your first time, if not your first few times, to kind of guide you through just in case anything that you weren't expecting comes up because they can walk you through it and kind of guide you through why it's happening. Oh, that's perfect. I keep forgetting everything is available virtual these days. <laughs> Um, it's kind of great. Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's amazing. Like I, I hope stuff, you know, I obviously I love in-person things, but there are so many things that I can now do virtually. And I'm just like, bless. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. It's definitely been interesting, at least from the facilitator side, like getting used to teaching virtually, because normally when I'm teaching a breathwork class, it's like I can put my hands on people and I can calm them down. If they're crying, if they're panicking, I can be like, hey, hey, it's okay. You're not alone. So it's really been kind of a bizarre shift uh, translating that to the virtual space. But I found, I found that like, as I've gotten in the rhythm of it, it's like, okay, this is, this is getting easier. It's not the same, but it's different and good in its own way. Oh yeah. Adapting along the way. I love it. Um, so I guess then, you know, say that going back to astrology, you know, there's the blocks you could have, there's trauma that could kind of come up in that sense, but overall with astrology and with your like vast knowledge and experience in it, what would you say is one of the biggest like misconceptions about it in general? So just, just to bring awareness about it for people. Yeah, I think the biggest misconception that I've found, and one that I'm still kind of battling against to this day, is the idea that astrology is personality typing. And it's really not. And I think that's a very Western manifestation of astrology. So I'm Indian, my parents are from India, and actually recently I found out that on my mom's side of the family, going generations back, we have tons of palm readers and tarot readers and astrologers in our lineage and that the gift um, has kind of been passed down through generational lines. So that's been really cool to like have that cultural tie. And as such, I've been reading a lot more into the Eastern traditions of astrology. And back in, you know, 
more ancient times, astrology was used as a valid science. It was used as a way of making decisions, of, you know, finding the right people to work with or to be with. It was something that was considered a very valid practice and in Eastern cultures still very much is. Um, there's actually a show on Netflix called Indian Matchmaking and it's so accurate. I get asked all the time if it's accurate and it is. But one thing that they talk about a lot is the importance of the natal chart in selecting a partner. And so kind of comparing that version of astrology to the Western manifestation, which looks a lot like horoscopes in the back of magazines or um, like personality typing based on the signs. It's like, where did we create this vast disconnect between the science and the entertainment side of it? And so a lot of people come into astrology, especially people from, you know, the states and Western societies thinking that it's just that personality typing. They're like, well, how does it differ from the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or human design? And that's where I kind of invite them into the conversation of, hey, it's not actually personality typing. It's more like a blueprint for your soul. It's the foundation of who you are. And it's so specific because you could have two people with the same sun, moon, and rising, but you break it down to the degrees, you break it down to the other placements in the chart, and they are completely different people. So it's not so black and white where you can just say, okay, this means this, and this means this. It's like there's so many layers you go within, and it's so hyper-specific to the individual. So that's where I think it really differs from kind of like the mainstream idea of what astrology is. Oh, I just love that. And it's so, so damn true. I mean, we love labels, right? Like we love to label our dietary, you know, preferences. We love to like label ourselves by our work. And astrology, you know, nowadays is just like another label that people can throw on and say, I'm Capricorn and Taurus, you know, like whatever it is, like you just pick your, you choose your label and like, that's who you are. And um, when I had that chart reading with you, that was the first time I'd ever realized like, there's so much more to it. And I honestly, like when people ask, you know, they just ask the typical, like, what's your sun and your moon? I'm like, I don't want to tell you because <laughs> there's so much more to it. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more to me and my chart than just like those two little snippets of it. And I try to like bring that up with people, but it's really hard to understand unless you like take the time to, you know, sort of look at it in that sense or to work with somebody with you, like you on it. Um, but yeah, there's just like so much more to it. And that's, that was what was fascinating to me. It wasn't my sun and moon sign per se. It was like the, the placement of them in conjuncture with others and like everything else you went into, like, that's what was speaking to my soul, like super deep. So I, oh, I love that you said that. <laughs> yeah. You're, you've hit the nail on the head with that one. Like it's, you're so much more than your sun and you're so much more than your moon. Um, I oftentimes get people asking me, they're like, well, is the sun sign really important? Like, does my sun sign actually not mean who I am because I'm a Pisces and I identify so much with being a Pisces? It's like, of course you are. But I like to describe the sun sign as like taking the entire natal chart and condensing it into one sign. It's like a summary. It's a big picture. It's a great way to get like the general idea of what's going on in your natal chart, but it's not all of who you are because human beings are so complex. We have so many different ways of approaching every area of your life. And that's something that astrology takes into account that I think differs it from any other like personality typing is the fact that it takes into account not only every single way that we could possibly approach anything in our life, but it also takes into account trauma. It takes into account things that we've gone through, experiences we've had, people we've encountered, and how that affects the greater scope of our being. So it's really such a holistic view. And again, that's why I like to call it like the blueprint for the soul. No, I love that. And like, you know, kind of in that sense where, you know, it's like, oh, we can relate so much to that big picture view, that sun sign. Um, like, is there, would there be times, for instance, where maybe, so like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I know like, you know, with human design, things like that, it can kind of, there can be the times when you're not 
like living in your quote unquote authentic truth, right? Like your, maybe this is your, like your type or whatever it is, but you're kind of like living a lifestyle or portraying something that's not maybe like aligned with who you are fundamentally. Like, do you see that happen sometimes with astrology where it's like someone you know, just plays so much into their sun sign or their moon sign or whatever it is, like just sort of like a, an unbalance there that can create issues with sort of like that blueprint of the soul idea. Yeah, definitely. And that's the one thing I will say that astrology does not take into account. And that is free will. At the end of the day, your chart is your chart. And while I found that about 99.9% of the times it is completely accurate. There is also the factor of free will. And you can look at your chart, you can have a reading, and you can say, that's all fine and great, but I want to do this other thing. And that's when I would just say, okay, that's fine. Like you have free will. I'm just here to read the chart for you. And you can do whatever you want. But however, the few times that that has happened, it hasn't happened often, but the few times people will then schedule a follow-up reading and they'll go, okay, I did that thing. I went against the chart. It didn't work. And now I need you to tell me why it didn't work and what I'm actually supposed to do because I didn't listen the first time. And so it's kind of funny how that can happen. I feel like that's one of the extremes. Now, the other extreme where someone is kind of going against their sun and moon That's a little bit more complicated because I think that there's other things at play. There's a couple other things I'll look for. If they're like, I don't resonate with my sun sign, I don't resonate with my moon sign, and I don't resonate with my ascendant, what the heck is going on? I'll say, okay, first question I'll ask is, A, is your birth time super accurate and have you confirmed it? Um, Meaning, have you looked at your birth certificate? Have you asked your mom? Have you asked anyone who was there? Like, are you sure this is accurate? Because if there's not an accurate birth time, chances are your chart's not going to be accurate for you. Second is I'll look for any stelliums. So a stellium is when you have four or more planets in one sign, or if the sun is included, five or more planets in one sign. And that can really influence the energy that is at play in your chart, the dominant energy. Because if you have a stellium like that could that's a lot more impacted than your sun sign then that could kind of create an unequal balance and you could be more your stellium because of that the next thing i'll look at is the chart ruler so if all of those things have been ruled out if you don't resonate with your sun moon or rising your birth time is accurate you don't have a stellium i'll look at the chart ruler And then I'll kind of say, okay, maybe you resonate more with the chart ruler. And usually I found that someone will resonate with one of those things. I have never personally had a situation where a person is like, I don't relate to any of those things. And that's, again, kind of the beauty of astrology, where it's like you can approach it from so many different angles to kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, like, even like I was just as you were like discussing that, I brought up my chart and I was looking like, for instance, like in my notes, you would put like, my son is in Capricorn fifth house. And so, and then you put in the notes, like I take on the qualities of Leo, right? Like I, like I'm like, my son is Capricorn, but I'm taking on the qualities of Leo in that sense. And so like everything you just said, and like, it can be, I could definitely see how that could happen, right? Where like, you're feeling one way, like kind of going back to blocks even too, right? Like, is there some idea in your mind of like, this is how you are. So that's how you're acting, even if it's not necessarily like who you actually are. So I just, I love that. Cause I, I think once more, like with the labels, it can be so easy. Like we just get in such a like extreme idea of who we are. It can be hard to kind of, you know, like those people that come back for a second reading, like they have to admit that like something's off here. Like I need help. You know what I mean? Like asking for more help almost in a sense. Yeah. And you're so right with that. Like we get this idea of who we think we are. And a lot of the times too, what I've noticed is for people who just have a very like general mainstream understanding of astrology, they could come in and they're like, okay, well, my sun sign is this, but I don't feel like I fit the mold whatsoever. And that was actually my personal experience with astrology. I'm in Aries and my whole life, I've read the kind of descriptions of Aries 
And I've always seen that they're loud, they're brash, they're mean, they're aggressive. And while I resonate with some of the qualities of Aries, such as being ambitious and independent and hardworking, I didn't resonate with that. I was more soft-spoken. I was very emotional. I wasn't very mean. I was just actually very sensitive and I was artistic. And so I was like, where are these qualities coming from? I'm an Aries, but I don't fit the typical scope of the Aries. And then when I had my first natal chart reading, I found out that I have a stellium in Pisces. And I was like, that makes so much sense because that's where that the, all those qualities come from. That's where my sensitivity and my intuition and my emotions all come from. So I was like, oh my God, okay, I understand myself so much better now. And that was like the aha clicking moment where astrology like made sense to me and I recognized the power of it. And so just like you said that, like that is what I try to give other people too, is that aha moment where they're like, I finally get myself. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's so empowering and just like, special and if it's something that you know you feel called to do like I've said this multiple times I'm like it would make an amazing like birthday gift or just you know like budget out your month for it like I I just swear like it's it's not even like it's you know I'm talking about like it's a huge investment like it's not it's just something where like you get to know yourself so much better and like things just I don't know. You have like a better understanding overall. And I love, it's funny you brought that up. Cause I remember the first time I like found out you were an Aries, I just knew the stereotypical, you know, characteristics of one. I was like, she just doesn't strike me as that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That's so funny. What did you think I was? I didn't even know. Cause like, I wasn't very familiar with the types, but like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like with everything. But um, I knew like Aries, like it was just the most like stereotypical, like you said, like loud, brash, like aggressive, everything. And you were just, yeah, like so soft-spoken and just like open-hearted. And um, it was just like funny because at that time, like I I didn't know much about astrology, but it was just funny because I was like, yeah, she doesn't really seem like the typical, (laughs) I don't know, like the typical Aries that I see like in the horoscopes, whatever it is, like that I saw the time. Um, so it was just funny that you you brought that up because it's true. Like even people from the outside, right? They find out our type and they're like, they have this like preconceived notion of us. Um, and I know you kind of talked on this on a post the other day, actually. Like people get the wrong, <laughs> they, you know, just have like a odd perception of you sometimes from the outside and it's just not the case. Yeah, that's one thing, like astrology aside, but also from an astrological sense as well that I kind of struggle with is people definitely have this perception of me based on social media, based on my big three in astrology, my sun, moon, and rising being Aries, Sagittarius, Taurus. Um, People have this perception of me that I'm like, think really highly of myself, that I'm super serious all the time, and that I'm like this, that, or the other. I could go on with listing the things that people tell me in my DMs. But it's always kind of weird for me because I'm like, the people who actually know me know that I'm kind of awkward. And I'm sometimes funny, but I make stupid jokes that only I laugh at. And I have all these crazy ideas and I'm running around a million miles an hour every single day, but I love every minute of it. And so it's just kind of funny how, you know, from an astrology side, but also a human side, we get these perceptions of people. And we have to realize that like, just because we see one side of a person doesn't mean that we see all sides to them. And what astrology does is kind of illuminates all those sides. And I think that's a blessing in some ways. But that's why I'm also a big believer that not everyone should see your natal chart because those who could read it um, could not only understand you, but could also understand how to hurt you. So I'm a big believer that your chart's very sacred. It's very private. Um, I never share my clients' charts for that reason, um, just because I believe it's such a personal thing. No, I mean, that is true. It's it's like the diary of your soul <laughs> uh, wide open right there. So that is, that is very true. It could come across often. You know, as far as sort of that you said, I love how you said that, like the astrological and the human like perception inside of things, um, something else that you share that just resonates with sort of that like ebb and flow we can go through and how we 
you know, are perceived by the world and how we view the world is you talk a lot about just like the moon cycles with astrology. And I'm like very under educated at this point. Um, but I love when you like, you'll have it be like a Taurus moon or whatever it is. And you have like, you then relate it to the astrological side of things. And I'm just wondering if like overall you could give us like a general overview of that, like how they play, like play a part with each other and, you know, why you provide the type of content just, you know, in the sense of helping anyone who needs it. Yeah. So I'm a big believer that the moon really plays an influence in pretty much everything. It plays a huge factor in how we should approach our days, how we should be making decisions. And from a general sense, I think that by understanding the energy of the moon each and every day, I think we can then make decisions on what's going to be best for us those days. So for example, um, we just came out of a full moon in Aries. And during this full moon, we had Saturn and Mars forming a really tight square with each other. So a lot of people under this moon were going into this Aries moon thinking, oh my God, it's Aries. I'm going to feel motivated. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all these things. But you have this Saturn square Mars here that was like, nope, we're going to put a big block to that. And so people were unmotivated they were feeling lazy. That was me in particular. I didn't leave the couch for two days. Um, people just couldn't get their act together. And so they were like, why is this happening? Well, it's the planetary transits and what's happening literally with the planets and with the moon. So the moon moves about every two and a half to three days approximately. And it moves from just one sign of the zodiac to another. And depending on which sign it's in, um, will kind of dictate the energies of the day, but also kind of how the moon is aspecting the other planets. So I use a free app called Time Passages to track the moon. And it's awesome because you can see the natal chart for that day at any given moment, just based on where your location is. Um, and so I use that to write my moon scopes every morning. And so moon scopes is the term that I've coined. They're like horoscopes for the moon, where I just kind of write an overview of what the moon is doing that day and what energies it's bringing up. So there's certain times where it's like, okay, the moon is in this sign. It's um, opposing Venus, not a good time to make financial decisions. Don't launch anything during this day. Or there's times where it's, you know, conjunct Jupiter and it's like, this is a great time to start something new. So it can be a really great way to kind of set the foundation for your day, especially if you have the flexibility to kind of like do what you want to do. Um, because it can really, you can work with it in your advantage and use it to really benefit you in different ways. Right. And even, I mean, going back to like the idea of free will, if nothing else, like if you have this knowledge or you're reading, like, right, like this moon scope before your day begins, and then you're, say, for instance, you're aware that like today's not the day to, you know, make rash financial decisions. Like that's not to say that you don't, like you're not going to, or that you necessarily like a hundred percent shunt, whatever. But like, if nothing else, like if reading that is bringing intention into your day, so then you're not going through your day, like rashly spending like all day long you know maybe you you still spend a bit but overall like you're just you have that in the back of your mind right and you're like do i really need to buy lunch out or could i eat that meal that i have prepped in my fridge um or you know like do i really need to buy this you know like new blanket or whatever it is right like it just brings that sort of like nagging in the back of your mind of like do i actually like want this it's like uh more intention into like the day-to-day -day, depending on sort of like what that moon scope, I suppose, could be, like, could be telling you. Yeah, exactly. Totally. It just brings intention and awareness. And like I said, if people don't want to follow it, if people don't want to work their days around it, that's totally okay. And they don't have to. I think a perfect example of this is a couple months ago, I had posted about Mercury retrograde and that it was coming up and mentioned that one of the good, one of the things to do during that time is to not launch anything new. Um, don't start any new projects. And this one girl messaged me and she's like, oh my God, I'm planning on launching my business. It's on this day. It's in the middle of Mercury retrograde. Should I do it? And I was like, ultimately, you have to do what you want to do. But as an astrologer, 
my advice is I would wait until this period is over, push it to next month. Um, that way I feel like you'll have a better launch. And she was like, well, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to go ahead and launch anyway. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like you can do that. And I'm wishing you the best of luck. Two weeks later, she messages me and she went, my launch flopped. It was awful. No one signed up for my program. What happened? And I was like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I told you so, but <laughs> there is something that kind of is going on with the planets and you do kind of have to listen to it sometimes because there's some validity there. Um, so that's what I've really found with that. And kind of on that same note, I've gotten really into what's called electional astrology lately, which is using specific charts to forecast the best days to, you know, launch new business projects or get married or get engaged or have a baby or buy a house. Um, it's kind of like using astrology or predictive astrology to make decisions. And so that's been another kind of like fun way to add another layer to this. And I use it to make all my business decisions now and it hasn't failed me yet. So it's a really cool practice and something fun that's been cool to get into. Do you have like an example that you'd be able to share of just like, you know, a, a prediction that you were able to make and then carry out that like, you know, once more to show that this is a legitimate thing? <laughs> oh my God. I have the craziest example. Um, so back in, I want to say it was like early July. Um, I was doing just like an astrology Q&A. It was, I think it was the new moon. And I had a woman message me and she was like, hey, I'm like eight and a half months pregnant. I want to set intentions for how my birth will go. I'm really scared. It's my first baby. Um, can I do that? And I was like, yeah, of course, you can totally set intentions for how you want the birth to go. Um, and we just kind of got into this conversation. And she was like, I would love to like have an electional chart done for like my birth. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. I've never done this before. I've never predicted a birth. I had never run an electional chart for anyone but myself. So I was like, okay, how about this? I will run an electional chart for you for free. Um, but just know going into this, I could be totally wrong because I have never done this. I've never predicted a birth or anything like that with astrology. So just take all that I'm saying with a grain of salt. Like if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do my best. And she was like, okay, cool. I'm totally open to it. Let's do it. So without going too much into the details, I predicted a couple different things. Um, one that I predicted that her baby would be born within 24 to 48 hours of her due date, either before or after, just somewhere in that period. Um, I predicted that it would be very unexpected. It would happen very quickly. Um, I immediately got this vision of like seeing bags packed and ready by the door. So I was like, be prepared to go. I see things happening really quickly, but I see things not happening according to plan. Now her son was in Virgo and um, with that Virgo sons tend to be very organized and very calculated. So I was like, hey, I think this is a great opportunity to surrender. I'm really seeing in your chart that this is going to force you to surrender to the universe's plan. So just be open to whatever is going to happen. I don't see it going according to your plan, but I see you're going to be okay. She had also shared that her mother was deceased. And one thing that I saw very strongly was that her mother was going to be very present and protecting her throughout the birth. And I saw that her mom was going to show her a sign that she was there, a very obvious sign. Um, and so she wasn't due till the end of August. So I was like, you know, let me know what happens. Again, I could be wrong, but who knows? So fast forward to, I think it was the last week of August. She messages me and she goes, oh my God, Hannah, I have to tell you something. So she was telling me about her birth story and literally every single thing I predicted happened. So she had gone in for a routine doctor's appointment. 
Turns out she was in labor, so they sent her home to labor home at home for a little bit, and then she came to the hospital. And her plan was to have an unmedicated birth. Um, she was very, very strong on having that, but she labored for something like, I want to say like 36 hours unmedicated and like wasn't progressing at all. So then finally it was like, okay, change of plans, surrender to the moment, get an epidural. And within 45 minutes of that, her baby was born. And so it happened super quickly. She was like, we totally had to have things packed and ready to go because from the time of that doctor's appointment, from the time they went home, they had an hour to get their stuff together and get to the hospital. Super, super quick. Her baby was born 24 hours before her due date. So right on that period. And the craziest thing is, is so her baby was actually born the day before her parents anniversary and on her parents anniversary um she always made her mom's meatloaf it was her favorite thing um that her mom made and so it was something that she always used to commemorate it well after she had her baby the hospital brought her a meal and the meal that they had that day was meatloaf and she was like, I totally felt it was a sign from my mom, like bringing me the special meatloaf that I made every single day because it was her, or every single year because it was her recipe. And I still get chills when I think about it because I'm just like, man, astrology is so cool. I don't even know how that happened, but it did. And um, now I've started doing electional charts for people's births now. And it's been super fun. <laughs> That is, I remember you talking about that now on your stories. That is just like absolutely crazy. And I mean, like, like who the hell serves meatloaf to a woman that just gave birth? You know what I mean? Like that is the most, I feel random hospital meal. And yet like, just like the icing on the cake, you know, metaphorically of like that final sign of like, everything is just like complete. It happened as you predicted, like, oh, that gives me chills. I love that. Oh. <laughs> it was literally like, the craziest thing and astrology never fails to dumbfound me like you think by now i would be totally used to its powers but honestly like no you never get used to it even as an astrologer i'm still dumbfounded when things like this happen like the way it happened to a t i'm just like you know there's some magic here the chart doesn't lie it never does <laughs> and it has not failed me or anyone i know yet <laughs> No, there's, yeah, there's something to be said about that. And I guess like it kind of, so going on that, cause I'd wanted to talk a bit about um, like manifesting with astrology too. And that's like that experience, it just like kind of reminds me of that idea, right? Of like, when you're predicting things like that, it's almost like we all have these ideas, like we know what we want to manifest, but we never know like what the outcome will be, right? Like we can't predict these things per se. But I guess I am curious in that sense, like is there a correlation between astrology and manifesting so that it is, you know, like more likely to get that, um, that end result that we truly desire, like the one that we're predicting to happen? Is there a way to like elevate our chances for that by working, you know, in unison with the astrological signs or, or chart, etc. I think so. I think so. So when it comes to manifesting, really all that we have to do is have that intention, believe that it's possible for us and let go of any resistance to it and it'll come. However, because we're humans with complex minds, oftentimes it's not that easy and we have other things such as, you know, biases and desires that all play a role in how we manifest. But there is a way to manifest with the moon and with the astrological cycles that can really increase your chances of, I would just say, aligning your energy with the energy that you desire. So the new moon is always the best time to set any intentions. The new moon represents a new beginning. It's a perfect time to set intentions for things you want to manifest. And oftentimes you want to be working in conjunction with that moon. So myself and other astrologers will do new moon reports where you can find what the type of energy we're working with are. And so during that time, that's a really great time to set intentions for those specific things. So for example, we have the new moon in Libra coming up on October 16th, and that will be a great time to manifest anything related to partnerships, 
relationships. Also, if you're having any legal troubles um, or waiting for any sort of like government type of action, that's a great time to manifest those things versus there's other times where it's like you can manifest, you know, income or a house or whatever it is you want. Um, so working with the new moon is a really great time to set any intentions to manifest. At the same time, um, if you're wanting to find the best time to take action for certain outcomes and you're looking at astrology as a tool for that, that's where I go back to that electional astrology where it's like, okay, how do we take the desire and the action that you have and kind of plug it in with the astrology for a certain day and time to kind of help bridge the gap between you and the outcome that you want. Now, is it 100%? No. However, I think that there is some validity to working at a certain time based on certain outcomes that you want. So I don't know if I necessarily would call that manifesting because manifesting is a little less, your hands are a little off, little more off the wheel than in terms of electional astrology. But I think it's a way of helping you kind of bridge that gap so that you can manifest the outcomes that you want, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it definitely does. And I actually like what you said, just in terms of manifesting about making it more about like aligning your energy, because it is so true. Like even me phrasing that question the way I did, like, I just think we all have this idea, you know, not all of us, but a lot of us, when it comes to manifesting, it's kind of like, I'll will it, you know, like, I'm going to make it happen. And we can touch on this. Like you mentioned the other day, something about like manic manifesting. And I am that to a T like everything, like whenever I get like, like uh, human design, everything like, they're like, you can very, like you can manifest very well. And I'm like, yes, because I've manifested some like crazy ass shit. But like, I've also had situations where I, I was like, I think I was just so dead set. Like this is going to happen. Like if there was, if there's a will, there's a way whatever, like, and I've manifested things that in the long run, like, didn't work out, right? Like, I got it. And then I was like, oh, I, this was a mistake. Like, I didn't put enough thought intention into this. And so that idea of like, aligning your energy, either with what you actually want, or with like, the, yeah, the astrological sense, the moon, whatever it is, like, I, I really like that idea, right? Like more tuning in on like that energy side of things, versus just getting upset, like stuck in that kind of like, pure desire loop, I suppose, that could be in manifesting as well. Yeah, it's all about taking aligned action. And that is something that I struggle with, for sure. And I did want to ask you, actually, what is your human design profile? Um, so I'm a generator overall. Um, and that's like all I, is that, I know, I think you can go deeper with that too, right? There is. I'm not super okay. deep design but I'm not surprised you're a generator because I'm a generator too okay. and I feel like we're super similar in that way yeah. but um yeah so I can definitely get into these manic manifesting modes and that's not a term that I coined that's actually a term that Gabby Bernstein uses okay. to describe the manifestation process and manic manifesting which I feel like is such a generator thing um and definitely and Aries and Capricorn thing as well, is kind of this idea of when you get this desire and when you set this intention for what you want, you just have to hustle to make it happen. And that's 100% me. When I get my sights set on something that I want, I will do whatever it takes to get it. Like, I am like, okay, here is an action plan. Here is every single thing I need to do. Here are the people I need to talk to. Here's this, here's that. And oftentimes I need someone in my life to just be like, Hana, just slow down and stop for a minute because I will go a million miles an hour just trying to figure out the plan and the different ways I can get there. But one thing that I've learned in my spiritual journey is I never get there in the way that I thought of. And I could think of every single outcome under the sun. Let's be honest. I have OCD. I'm an overthinker. I can think Same. of <laughs> However, I can never see the one that actually happens. And that's because, you know, Oprah actually says, like, you can see a little bit, but the universe can see so much more. 
And that's where we have to lean into that and trust in creative possibilities and trust that things aren't going to come as we see that they are, or as we think that they are, but they're going to come and align in the best way possible. So when it comes to taking action with manifestation, it's not so much about creating a roadmap to get there, because let's be honest, the universe kind of does that for you. It's about taking aligned and inspired action when the opportunities present themselves. So for example, if you are trying to manifest a partner, it's not about, okay, I need to sign up for every dating app under the sun and I need to go on this many dates per week and I need to do this. It's not calculated. It's about, oh, your friend invites you to this party and you just feel that you have to go. So you say yes and you take that aligned action and it's at that party, you meet someone and it just works from there. It's always in those little synchronistic moments that manifestations come to be. It's never, ever, ever coming from taking those manic actions. And this is something that I still struggle with and I'll be super candid about that. And something that I have to remind myself all the time is it's never going to come from those manic actions. It's always going to come from the aligned and inspired place. Yeah. I'm just laughing as you're, because it <laughs> is like, so me literally like, everything that I've, you know, pretty much like manifested. It's just what you said. It's like me putting like pedal to the metal head down, trying to make it happen for like a month or so. And then all of a sudden, like one magical little moment happens that, you know, is probably not, it's usually from an outside source, right? So it's not even like I created this magical moment, but this one magical moment happens. And I don't even realize in that second, you know, what's happening. And just like with that party example. Um, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, it all happened. And I didn't even realize it. <laughs> like it's happened with this apartment, happened with like so many things. And I, I love that. I mean, in what you were just saying, like with the partner thing, that's even like me, I didn't even realize, you know, like I've been down here to Austin now and it's like, oh, I just want to like get out, socialize, make friends. It's like, instead of just like letting things happen naturally, I, it's like automatically I make a plan. I'm like, okay, well, if I do this, this, and this, like I might meet this type of people and then, you know, like we could do this or whatever. And I'm like, just chill. Like the right people will fall into my life as they're meant to. Uh, it'll be the most random magical moments and that's how it needs to happen. So I love, I think that's important for everyone listening to remember as well. Yeah, it's all about just trusting the process. And something, again, I have to remind myself of all the time. I think it comes natural to some people. I am not one of those people that it comes natural for. But it's so important because if we just keep getting in this manic mode of going, okay, I need to keep doing and doing and doing. We block ourselves from so much of the creative potential that we have and so much of our own power, right? It's like we're so much in our masculine energy, the masculine energy that says we need to work and hustle and do instead of the feminine energy that's like we need to be and relax and play and have fun. I found that so many of my most beautiful manifestations have come from when I'm in a place of just having fun and surrendering and relaxing. And sometimes it comes from the hard work. And I think the hard work definitely helps me to reach those goals faster or reach those bigger goals, but it's not everything. And I feel like there's this big misconception that we just need to hustle 24 seven. And I think there's periods of that, but that's not a sustainable way to live. We have to be in our flow state. We have to be in surrender. And that's what manifestation talks about is we just have to be open to the fact that we don't know everything and we can't know everything. And there are some things that just happen that is outside of our control and for better or for worse, that is okay. And oftentimes that is what gets us to our goals, not the endless hours of hustling, trying to make it happen. Oh, I yes. Praise. Like, oh, I just, I love it. That's going to be the starting quote. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could actually just talk with you forever. But um, before we wrap things up here, I want to just know, I know you have, I mean, on Instagram, you offer so much amazing content. Like literally every day here, like the top story page, I, what, like you always have something that I'm just like fascinated by and 
like I need to learn about this later. But um, so besides your Instagram, which you can share, like, is there any other resources you're providing, courses that you're doing um, that people could go check out, maybe be interested in because you're just one hell of a gal to talk with, to work with, and I want people to be able to find you, so. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. So my website, theroadtohana.com, has all of my info. Um, if you're looking to learn more about astrology, if you're like, I'm interested, you want to tap in, I offer readings there. I also have my first course called Astrology Basics. It's a basically two and a half hour masterclass to learning the basics of astrology. And so many of my students who took that, who have taken that course have now graduated into giving readings of their own, which is kind of amazing and so incredible. So I definitely recommend that you check that out. It's such an amazing community that we built up. Um, on November 5th, my second course, Stars Made Simple, will be releasing. Um, it's the next step to astrology basics. It's really diving into the details. We talk about the decans. We talk about electional astrology. We talk about synastry, and we talk about how to build an astrology business. So if you're interested in that, definitely stay tuned for our November 5th launch. Um, and if you have any questions, if you want to chat, if you want to say hi, I'm available on all social media platforms at The Road to Hana. Awesome. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure to get to talk to you again. I totally feel like we could talk all day long. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Surely.